start it right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting. You're recording, are we? All right. You know, that's a great point he's bringing up right now as we're in this pure chaos. This is, this is, this is how Jacoby feels when Jalen goes off script. How do you feel? Yeah, like, all right. Okay. Um, but this brings up a great point. We'll see if he's listening or not. Chris Yachik was supposed to come up with an opening theme for us. I think I just did it. I, I mean, it's better than anything <laughs> we have so that. far. We got it live on so, tape. Uh, yeah, so. so, I mean, that I'm not going to argue. Um, <laughs> if we could edit this down, yeah. We, yeah that'd be a great ways. intro. I mean, you guys ever have an intern? And we got it for free. Last time. Yeah. Um, no. Be your intern. TJ is going to be my intern next year. <laughs> 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 took off at a weird spot. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, go ahead, Brad. Let's get back on track. All right. right. Well, welcome to episode 56 of Hot Take from the Kitchen. 56. We are back after a couple week layoff. Yeah, Carters. I guess so. Yeah, it's been two weeks. So, yeah. Steve drinking his runners. Paige As always. Timing in. Paige. Uh, yes. All right. Our guest tonight is Jeff Mendock and maybe Lucas Smokeland. Hope I got that right. You actually you crushed that. We've only right. been living together for two I've and a half months. Yeah. I've been thinking about it. Well, I've never had to say his last name before. <laughs> I didn't know if it was Moquin or Moquin. No, you nailed it, Moquin. All right, awesome. And you may hear Paige chime in. It's my wife, Jeff's wife, former guest, lifetime life lifetime lifetime listener. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And our email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. Easy for you to say. And we don't have any emails, I don't think. I'll check. check. I'm going to check. Okay. No. I can fix that. But we do have a message through Facebook. And this is something I'm, I'm yeah, just go ahead. And it's from a future guest in a couple weeks, Zane Kiff Miller. And he says, Hey guys, enjoying the show. Just started listening last week and decided to listen to the episode with Molly S. Molly Stepanski. On it, Steve wanted to discuss that tomatoes are fruits, which is absolutely true. But I wanted to add that by saying that even though they are fruits for culinary purposes, tomatoes are treated as a vegetable. In fact, the U.S. Supreme Court actually had to rule that tomatoes be classified as a vegetable because of its culinary applications. Just wanted to drop that in to you guys. Keep up the good work. Well, thank Glad you, we got Zane. that sussed out at the federal level. That was yes. the important stuff. <laughs> Probably, to date, my favorite email. I mean, I, I, mean, I support That's that wholeheartedly. Really so, first of all, gave feedback on the pod. Yep. Yes. Um, Showed that he listened, actually listened to the pod. And then, he, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, blah, blah, blah. But then he also contributed to it. How many, how many, how many listeners do you think are uh, actively uh, just trying to give you, give you the numbers or just, you know, and just putting uh, it on? And, a third. Yeah. I and then I, think, I would think a third. I think we do have some people that listen. Um, I don't know. But this brings up a great point. We have been approached by two different people. <clears throat> We can discuss this now. But I thought it would be good to drop it with the listeners because you and I have had this discussion. We've been, we've been approached about mm-hmm. advertising. Drop it like it's hot. Yep. So um, I, I guess. I know of one. I didn't know about another. Yeah. So I guess it would just be interesting for 
do we want to sell out? Yeah, do we want to sell out? Is that something I want we want to? Uh, well, I, what I want to do is I thought I'd open price. up. Yeah, I could sell out to our listeners. Well, yeah, that's the price. everybody's got a price. And I mean, yeah, of course we have a price, but the problem is, is I don't know. If, yeah, so it'd be interesting. Just any feedback for the people listening. Do you want us to sell out or not? Well, I think I don't think people would mind if you know, we're going to get paid. Paid. Yeah. You should do like one of those uh, Instagram story polls. Yeah. That would really engage you the audience. Have an Instagram. Yeah, but I don't use it Aren't very you much. Listening? Yeah, Paige. Well, Search hot takes in the kitchen. We were so we were so amazed at how you spelled that so know, rapidly. It every was, time. Uh, I'm always really amazed. It's pretty solid. Hey, oh my gosh. You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> high tech, high quality. This is impressive. I hurt myself today. I'm so, uh, back on track? Yeah, we'll try. You're going to be able to do this. All right. I guess we can get into the hot takes then. Mm-hmm. And hot take number one. Are people are talking about the worst character, worst choices to play an MCU character. So that's the Marvel comic universe. Mm-hmm. So, And what is yours? I'm going to say... I forgot what his name is. Oh, Terrence the Howard. Who to play who? I forgot who it was. Oh, no. They, what they were doing, and then this is they were taking like um, um, like Steve Carell and have him play oh, like. Oh, you know, oh, we're so. talking hypotheticals here. Oh. Yeah, hypotheticals. So oh. don't come after Terrence like that, Pratt, all right? Oh, guys wow. gotta get too. Yeah, Terrence on blast like that? So do you like Cheeto? And I was going to say all the Iron Man villains. Yeah, do you like Cheeto better than. Uh, yes. Yeah, I always like Cheeto. Yeah, I like Cheeto better. I didn't go the other way. Okay, well that's it. I'll pick my most unfavorite character. I mean, if we're gonna do it, and then mine would kind of be in the same thread. Edward Norton as the Hulk. Mm. But that's—I don't know if that was really his fault. I think those as much as Marvel. Well, it was kind of Sony, but it was a part of the MCU. That was the first part of the MCU that they realized very quickly they had to scratch out. Wasn't and it I like directed by Norton. Ang Lee, and it was yeah. trying mm-hmm. to really make it a comic. I didn't watch it. I just, yeah, I it, it was very comic-y, which I don't, I didn't, I don't know. Yeah, so, but that was my knee-jerk reaction, so yeah. Jeffrey's thinking. Page is kind of like, eh. <laughs> Let's talk about no dogs. dogs yeah. <laughs> Boy, they got you, they got you pegs, man. Um, so while you're thinking, I will give a little segue or some time. So, um, in the studio... But we're not in the studio. No, we are in my backyard. Why? Because the kitchen was a little warm. It's and hot. Jeff can't get and up The kitchen. So they made me walk all the way to the backyard. Yet? I don't. Because you didn't last time either, and it was also hot then. <laughs> I'm not putting AC in my house yet. Why? So, so yes. the voices you're hearing, other than me and Brad, Jeffrey Mendock, Paige Mendock. Oh, so again. yeah, so um, hey, I just wanted you voice. to be clear on that. So I've come up with my would like if if I could make like one bad casting choice, mm-hmm. it would definitely be Keanu Reeves as Star Lord. <laughs> nice. Like, I just think that would be uh, that would be quite the ride. Yeah, and it would uh, oh, okay. really change everything. After John Wick, Keanu can do whatever he wants. Wow, <laughs> Brad, Keanu has been. Or John Wick has been a, one of the probably... It's been transformational for my life. It's been one of the main things of this podcast. I mean, I, I've been waiting to feel about Keanu Reeves, how I felt about him in Hardball ever uh-huh. since Hardball, and I just... He hasn't gone to the ship again. Have you seen that. John Wick? Of course. That's because Baby is not out there getting killed. Yeah. I know. G-Baby. G-Baby. Put your hands in the air. If you use a true player. Wow. 
Shoot or shoot. Um, <clears throat> so, if we're if we're talking about like the worst, the worst currently. When did the Spider-Man movie start? Which ones were actually in the MCU? Because none of the Toby ones were right, and the Garfield ones weren't either, right? Homecoming. Homecoming, yes. Yeah, you things. know what's so, interesting to me, being that person, is that I didn't mind Toby Maguire's Spider-Man. I know I'm like just sitting on this island out in the middle of nowhere, but I really feel that. No, I was actually going to talk more about uh, the villains in, in that first series of Star Wars. Yeah. I thought that Willem Dafoe was pretty wild, but for some reason... Um, who Doc played Doc? Yeah, I heard you were talking about. Um, I can't think of his name. He played Tevia on Broadway um, right after that. Uh, I do musical theater stuff. In case you know. <laughs> um, Don't say. Oh, I forgot what um, his name um, is. Uh, I'll look it up. I believe he's an actor. Um, uh, a lot of dead space in this first segment. I like no, it. I got 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 it. Doc, Doc. Toby. I'm currently tagging your Instagram in story. Now that I don't mind. Currently doing that. Who was that? Oh, there Probably he is. Yeah. Alfred Molina. That's it. I thought he was an interesting choice. I was going to go Wilford. Alfred sounds yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are there any bad choices, though, or are there just good really choices keep, I mean, and then better choices? Like, who, who, like, what character jumps out as like a, a character that didn't fit in any of the worlds of those movies? No choice is bad. Choice. You know who I thought they could have done a little better with? Doctor Strange. God, Benedict was so good. Benedict is like... But also, I don't know the comics, so I don't know... Like, I didn't have anything to base Doctor Strange off of. <clears throat> Doctor Strange was a little bit of an older character. I'm not saying it was bad. I just would have been... Could have been opened up. So what I'm doing, as you're saying, is I'm, I'm multitasking here. I, I am... Uh, so we'll pivot. Doc's done. So um, I'm moving everything off into my external and freeing up 97 gigabytes off Justin. my laptop, off Justin Christopher Cooper, is no longer on my uh, computer. So you know, if if you could look up uh, the definition of nightmare in the dictionary, I yeah. think that what you just described would be it. What's interesting is I told Justin that I was going to leave this in my will to him because there is so much footage on this of him and that it really does need to go to him. I mean, also, highlight on here is Allison's Wisdom Tooth video. So, like, that's wow. a Yeah, that's a that's shout out to my best friend, Allison. Yeah. So yeah. So when is your that going to be released? To the public? It sounds like August twenty second. Right. When we're going to push it out, we just talked about that tonight. So cool. I think he needs to run it by a couple things. I told him at this point, I'll just push it out on the web. You won't be able to do nothing about it. Black market. Yeah, that's good. Review <laughs> it before Jaws, right? Give it to Q. Yeah. I mean, he would do it. They would do it without me. They don't care. So. Also, the projection screen of the theater. You want to? Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. So, all right. I'll take number two. I'll take dun, number dun, two. Dun, 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 dun. This is definitely feeling spicy. <clears throat> Kamala Harris offered a student loan forgiveness program. This guy heated in the car. <laughs> what program would you offer voters in turn becoming president? Not that one. Let me start off with that. But why? Well, I mean, so talk to me about what you know about it. Talk to me about <clears throat> your... I haven't heard about her program. Okay, so her program is saying that anyone with student loan decides to open a business in a urban sector that is underprivileged. Um, three years. Three years or longer. Then can then 
apply for forgiveness. But you have to have a Pell Grant. You have to have already been yep. a recipient of a Pell Grant. Yep. So do you know how many of those that debt is going to be uh, forgiven? Yeah. Not a lot. No. Nope. Sounds like a very... Uh, I don't think that's a good plan. <laughs> I think student forgiveness is a good plan, but that specific one is not a yeah, good plan. No. Someone literally wanted to uh, be the highest odds maker on uh, Monday, July 29th in uh, Vegas about who's going to be the top dog. And I, I just, that makes no sense to me. I mean, obviously, I love the idea of generating business in underprivileged areas. Um, but to put a three year benchmark, like, why would you ask people to possibly go into even further debt? And then, like, what happens if the business fails? Do you then not get to apply for debt forgiveness? So then you've got double the debt. That seems like it may be counterproductive. You got to keep it open for three years. Got to keep it open for three, and you have to already have been a Pell Grant <laughs> recipient. It's a train wreck of an idea. What? Like a, I can't what, think thank of anything. Um, I just don't understand the logic in it. I think what she's saying is, hey, we're getting rid of this debt off student loans, which is a kind of a hot button issue. And then, of course, the idea of transferring urban and low-income areas by injecting business into them to the, stimulate that economy area is not a bad idea. So, like, if you open a cool, hip business in, let's say, the north side. Right. Right. People are going to travel to the north side. I'll work so on then, getting a cool, hip business going on in the north so, side, too. Yeah. I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> yes. So it's a nonprofit, <laughs> so it's not the same, but just follow the other area. So you go into there, and then you would open then a restaurant and then a theater. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So, a roof a rooftop restaurant Calm is down. what we're talking about. Not on Irish. Not on the north side. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty view of Lafarge. Oh my <laughs> god. Yep. We gotta be quiet. The guy's gonna shoot at us if we're too noisy. <gasps> so oh, uh, yeah. oh, this, this podcast just became very hot. <laughs> yeah, that was so, a hot take. Um, yeah. So, so uh, what does, what is she considering <laughs> low income urban areas? Yeah, urban areas that are that need because, like, would Alpena even be considered a low-income urban area? No. I mean, it's low-income, but it's right. probably not urban, right? right. Yeah. So. so, yeah. So, my whole point, it really didn't matter, the idea. Right. But it, my whole point was, is if you were going to be president. And who receives Pell Grants currently? That's good, right? Yeah. So, you tell me yours while Jeff looks up the Pell Grant thing. <laughs> I don't know. Man, I really got you. Free busing. You've had idea. Though, that I know that's public not, transportation. Uh, I like it. Yeah, a, a solid public transportation really platform. Just the environment, less cars. Yes. Less cars. Americans love their cars, though, Brad. I can't be mad about that at this point in my life. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll kind of be honest with you. I see all these cars drive by. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money. Oh yeah, man! Federal, you don't even know the half of it. Federal Pell grants usually rewarded only to undergraduate students who display exceptional financial need and have not earned a bachelor's, graduate, or professional degree. In some cases, however, a student enrolled in a post baccalaureate teacher certification program may receive a federal Pell grant. So, like, I'm so, not mad about those people receiving that, though. Do you know what I mean? But I just don't know how much. Like, it's sincere, and this how is how many a, people get them. This is a real question, and I want to completely acknowledge my privilege in asking this question, but, mm -hmm. like, how many Pell Grant recipients are also going to have the money to invest in a small business right out of college? Right. And and I, you know, fully understand my privilege in asking that question. Well, she wanted you to take out a loan. Especially in an urban area. Yeah. It's more expensive. A, to federal, a federal loan. That she, I think there was a program the, that would support that. I think she would want to talk yeah. about that, too. It's a big risk. So, I, so – Again, this is rudimentary knowledge for me, so I don't want to misspeak. But so we're going to take federal money 
to forgive private sector money. I think that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and that's to inspire business. And in, now, see now, now if you're saying it to me like that. You know me. That's something I can get behind. Yeah, but see, to me, and this is where you and I, we kind of, this is where we start splitting. The idea of that government getting more into businesses scares me even more. So, like, now they get to Brad then, like, Brad agreed. Or are you just agreeing that second half? We got too right. much going on. That's okay. You're, the whole, you're supposed to, this is your segment. You well, grab the I don't ball. know how much longer we have since we only have a half hour. We got plenty of time. All right. <clears throat> but anyways, so if I had to something i've had all day to think about this and i've been conflicted with it. okay i'm just gonna be honest with you lucas you need to send that aside you have two heavy guys on the side of the picnic table i am yes heavy, heavy was kind no yes. heavy was kind yeah. i still think that that side of the table probably we could probably tip this table if yep, we wanted to. yep 100%, Three to two, so. so back to the pell grants and the uh kamal harris Welcome to the podcast, Lucas. I'm so sorry. That's your job. My bad. No, go ahead. Oh, you said it? Um, so we're talking about uh, Kamala Harris's new debt forgiveness plan. Have you heard of it? Uh, I've heard something about it, I think. What did you hear? That, uh, you smell great. Really? I've been sweating all day. It's been like five hours. You must sweat. What are we talking Sweet about? Sweet talking about Kamala Harris. Oh, student loan forgiveness. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so let me give you the brief rundown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you open a small business mm-hmm. and run it for three years mm-hmm. in an urban, low-income mm-hmm. area, okay. which we do not have factual evidence as to how we're going to determine that yet. Great. I don't know what that means. We don't know if, like, Alpena counts or if Flint counts right. or if, you know, we just don't know. Maybe it's in the what Google are this, research. What are the stipulations? Urban, low-income. Okay. Alpina, I wouldn't define as urban, but I would definitely define it as low income. Yeah. <laughs> Flint, uh, I would definitely define as urban and low income. So let me like, see. How does Kamala. So, my program, if I were to run president, here we yes. go. You ready? All right. I only revise Medicare, not Cade, Medicare. Sure. That's, so that's good. my thing. That's that's good. Good. All right. I think a lot of the problems, certain problems we have, end of the life care, we're living longer. Right, mm-hmm. more health problems. Things mm-hmm. are going on for longer periods of time. People are having to choose between eating, meds, bankruptcy, living, all these sort of things. I don't like the idea of government being involved too much in it because if you like Social Security, if the government's paying you and keeping you alive, there's a conflict of interest there at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, well, no, I'm just saying. So, let's say I'm paying Lucas five thousand dollars a month. That he is owed, but it is. I know, I know you do. <laughs> but let's say his health care is costing the program he's on to keep him alive is also costing money. At some point, it might behoove the government to say, "Hey, you know what? Let's just not pay for that medicine, mm-hmm. and then, then I don't have to pay him five thousand dollars anymore." That scares me. It should scare everyone because somebody gets to pull a lever and say, "Hey." And that type of crap scares government the government walking around. Well, it's not government because Paige and I've had this conversation <laughs> also. So, yeah, because yeah, just take out the people See, you're paying. Even, it's not even so much paying the people. Let's just govern the big pharma and all of these things to keep it low, so people can actually purchase their own medicines and their own healthcare. Right. Without yes. And this is where we agree, out. but yeah. I disagree on a yep. couple different things. And mm-hmm. Brad doesn't want you to get too politicky in that thing, but you got it. You know, but we do agree that <laughs> PACs, special interest groups influencing our government, is definitely mm-hmm. an issue. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, sure. It's a mess. It is a mess. So the forgiveness plan actually mentions that it is just disadvantaged <laughs> communities, <laughs> not <laughs> even urban or low income, just disadvantaged. Men. So Jeffrey would be a terrier. Do we agree that <laughs> once, he's six, once he six, <laughs> sinks his teeth into something, I'm just like. Rrr. Well, I don't want to speak. I don't want to. I don't want to speak on you know a hot button issue if I'm not educated about it. But the point of it was, it had nothing to do with Kamala. Yeah. I'm telling you, is if you were to run for president, what would right. promise would you make the American make? people where people would be like, okay, I'm in? <sighs> what would Jeffrey Mendag do? I don't know what I would do. What would I do? Yeah, what would you do? Yours would, I don't know, fund every art thing ever. That's not true. Oh, okay. I think Thanks. some art things do not deserve to be funded. <laughs> 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 Go ahead and tell us. <laughs> um, I would. <laughs> I would I would reinvest in our education system to refocus on soft skills and communication efforts so that uh, we can really and by doing so really make an impact on the mental health uh, the mental health problem that we have in our country. Mm-hmm. So tackle mental health via via education via reinvesting in, in education. I think education yep. is a great. I actually I think education is the most underrated and often missed followed or not use utilize mm-hmm. platform any politician it's just for I, just, I just have no idea why we ever want to accept that you know some students deserve to be educated better than others i just that just makes no sense to me because mm-hmm. kids are the most innocent and the most vulnerable mm-hmm. uh members of our society and, and the so, easiest to influence yeah so um They'll you know the most information because yeah. they just they're little sponges they just want to and I'm learn not saying that they need to learn what I want them to learn. I'm saying that we need to teach them how to communicate their, what they're learning and how they're learning it and why they think that they should be learning it. And also re-educate teachers on, um, you know, why they're teaching, what they're teaching. And, you know, I've had teachers that I've disagreed with and I still respect them because they're able to coherently convince me why they're teaching it, even if I disagree with them. But I think that that's something that's... Uh, I was not fortunate enough to have that experience. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, I mean, I don't want to say that it's all on the teacher because I think that the school systems are... All, yeah, I mean, well, we see it right now. I mean, all these things are huge problems um, due to lack of funding, due to people continually changing the rules. Due to, I mean, so I just want to make sure that educators are supported and the students are supported by their educators. Right. Drop the mic. Awesome. Drop the mic. You got anything? <clears throat> How about a puppy in every house? Uh, kind of mm. like a. Then they do that. That was somebody was, was a chicken in every pot. That was somebody's uh, presidential pledge. I don't know who. That was. Is it yours? FDR maybe. Steve Jacobson. I don't know. Could have been what that FDR. Mean? Ross Perot. <laughs> it was Wilson. I don't know. Ross Perot was a funny. All right. Hot take number three. Man, you got seven minutes. Seven minutes. <laughs> seven minutes. Summer's winding down. You what do has it. been your favorite part? This past weekend was pretty great. You know, I thought we went camping as a group. Yes. Started off Friday night. Uh, a walk. Mm-hmm. And oh. Saturday was camping. <gasps> That's all I'm going to say. That's so good. Walks nice walk. are so nice. Yes, wow. Walks are really nice. Healthy. Healthy. Night. Good for the heart. Walks, good for the heart. Lots of fresh air. Really good. Like friendship. It's all really good. Saturday was... Hanging out at the campgrounds. We had another nice walk. Another nice walk. Yes. 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 You three walked to the car together. We had a nice conversation. We did. did. Yesterday, I was out at Long Lake. 
I feel like did some stand-up paddleboarding. You have done something. You have just absolutely almost. I'm not happy with you right now. But at the same time, all right, right. that's as far as it's going to go. I know that's what I'm not happy about. So um, my favorite thing about shoot, shoot. no, I can't. Yeah. Um, What was your favorite part? Favorite part of the summer. I've really got to know you guys really well. That's been my favorite part. Lucas? Just overall. I'm I'm not I'm Nobody obviously to, to sit there and act like um that you two did an influence the rest of the relationships would be wrong. So like I mean even Lucas, you know, you were able to kind of, you know, navigate Lucas into Brad's house and help, you know, facilitate that relationship. So um yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, it's been. Really yeah, I'd like to. I mean, for the summer especially. I mean, I think yeah. we've really. I told Allison that that was something we talked about today. So, I have learned <clears throat> so much this summer, professionally and personally, that uh, I think that I will always remember this summer for um, the growth that I was both forced to endure and uh, actively sought. Mm. Lucas. Uh, my favorite part of the summer is the fact that it is winding down. <laughs> it's been not, not the most wild summer I've ever had, but, uh, it's certainly not been, uh, I've not gotten off scot-free. <coughs> but, uh, yeah, the fact that it's coming to, it's winding down and we're headed into a little bit of a lull is quite nice. <laughs> you guys, those are our listeners that don't know. I got enough time to do it. Um, sure. Summer's kind of intense for you guys. <laughs> kind of. You know, it's, it's, very it's definitely a making hay type of season summer for the theater. The, summer is 100% the most exhausting time of my life. Yeah. yeah. So, and we could talk a little bit more about that. Sure. Because as we get into the, the Q&A part. But, um, yeah. So, anything else you got? Oh. Awesome. Did you say anything, Paige? Okay. Oh. Okay. I mean, if you want to get into I it, you can. I guess this isn't really your podcast. I didn't enjoy the summer. Oh. It's been hot. You didn't enjoy it. It has been very storm. humid. Yeah, I did. Because there's air conditioning there. See, there you go. If Air I had to summer. pick a part two. Shots <laughs> fired, Brad. As much as, as much as I enjoyed the camping last weekend, I would have to say that the 4th of July part here. Wow, that, oh, yeah, that, that was so hard. much fun. Anytime there's a uh, inflatable unicorn that's you know shooting stuff also out of its horn. Yeah. That's yeah, a that, pretty, was that was really great. Good. Day. That was a good day. There was a lot to that. I mean, there was the second house. You know, Saturday this Shout weekend. Shout out to co-sponsors Don and uh, yeah. Don Warren and Gentry. Hey. Double um, they uh, there was it was kind of very much the same type of group of people. We lost this page, last weekend, but when you injected all the theater too. and their cast and everything. Like that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, all right, we're gonna wrap this segment up. <laughs> Our longest intro segment ever. Yes. Yes, most definitely. All right. Lucas. Hello. Moquin. That's it. <coughs> we had that debate before you got here. We were debating <laughs> the pronunciation of your name. Um, here's what I know. Great. Um, over the 4th of July, we were playing catch. Yeah. Um, you were running a couple footballs down, and... Um, I was actually playing catch. I was watching you play catch, and mm-hmm. sat with my friend Matt, who um, was a all-state wide receiver, oh. uh, recruited oh, no. by Purdue, <laughs> Boston College. You know, so 
he was definitely has an eye for talent. Nice. In, in the football capacity. And we were watching him, and he goes, Lucas played football. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if Lucas played football, Matt. And I go, I think he might have ran, though, because you're – Torso is very erect, <laughs> not very crunched over. Yeah, you know, So it always seemed like he kept his shoulders back. I go my if I had a bet, maybe track cross country type of thing. Okay, okay. And then of course, then we started. We had like a little wager type of day. Sure. Like, oh yeah, like well, which one of those is going to be right? And uh, we were both wrong. Oh, good. Right, as you told me that day, you were a dancer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I also know that you're from Davidson. I am. But that's it. That's all I know. Cool. So I am excited. Um, obviously, you're from Davidson, so why don't you give me a little background there? Yeah. I was born in Flint. Uh, not too long, probably about three months after I was born, my parents bought a, their first house in Davison, uh, spent a couple of years there. That turned out to be a terrible house, so then they moved into the house that I grew up in. Uh, and I stayed there. We were there for, oh gosh, until my the end of my junior year of high school that summer we moved to the house that they're in now uh, and then I sp- we spent I spent my rest the rest of my time living with them there uh, and now here I am in Alpino awesome yeah. so um, then after so did you go to college yeah I went to I graduated from the University of Michigan in Flint uh, started as a journalism major realized I that was a bad idea uh, switched my major to history, and then I remembered I hate writing papers. So then I said, well, what the hell am I going to do now? What could I possibly do now? I knew I was getting a little too old to pursue dance professionally just because uh, I'd been a dancer since I was five. Me so, too. Yeah, yeah, well, we know, we know. Uh, <laughs> trust me. I'm, was everybody laughing? Because you're so good. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, I taught you choreography in a rehearsal room. I know. I know you're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, shit, where was I? Yep. Sorry. So, let me ask you this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, at what at what age did you start dancing? Five. Five. Yeah. Awesome. And was there a certain type of dance? Uh, not not really. Um, I kind of, I kind of gravitated. Well, I I I uh I took in as much as I could: mm-hmm. tap, jazz, ballet, hip hop, lyrical, modern, uh, partner dancing. Uh, various styles of that swing west coast east coast tango mambo waltz pretty much whatever i can whatever i can get myself to do pretty much whatever <laughs> jeffrey you did as well Correct. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i uh, actually invented most of those yeah so oh, wow one of my uh <laughs> friends that i went to school with it's a ballroom dancer probably mm. did that yeah um, all through high too. school yeah and yeah. Uh, and uh, so did you do did you dance all the way through high school? Oh yeah, yeah. I I danced all the way up until college and then when I got into college I still I, I took a, a dance minor. Okay. Uh, I didn't graduate with a dance minor though. I couldn't keep up once I joined the, the BFA program at, uh, for theater performance. Okay. So you graduated from theater performance? Yep. I graduated then, from the Department of Theater and Dance at the University of Michigan Flint with a Bachelor in Fine Arts and Theater Performance. Excellent. <laughs> um, and roughly when was that? I, I, I completed my degree uh, May of 2018. Oh, so yeah. after that you ended up here, came yeah. up to Alpino. Yeah, yeah, Excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, so how has your experience with the Thunder Bay Theater and Alpino been so far? Well, uh, this is my fifth summer season, so I would say it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's been pretty good so far. 
Uh, yeah, I like to joke. I like to joke uh, when people ask me, "How long are you going to be at Thunder Bay Theater?" I like to say, "Well, uh, it's there's there's a there's a an unspoken agreement that I'm at the theater until Jeff and Paige tell me to leave, <laughs> until they throw me out." <laughs> Gets closer every day. It does. It does. It does. And I and I make sure to push that boundary. <laughs> as as you I should. Can. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, of course. <laughs> You can needle him where I can't, so I like that. <laughs> kind of this fun. I like it. <laughs> Watching him tear up right now. You know, I have no tears. Yeah, you know, that's so. not true. They're on the inside. You know. <laughs> until, the inside. They're, until they're on the outside. Everybody's <laughs> coming. <laughs> not our fault. You had dry tear ducts. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, um, so what was your first role at the theater? What, what did you do? Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. My first professional role ever was uh, George in The Drowsy oh, Chaperone. He's George, he's George. The, the best, best man, man George. George. I'm honored to be doing what a best man ought. Tag yeah. dancing wow, right there. Excellent. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> what has been your favorite role so far? Uh, at Thunder Bay Theater. Ooh, ooh, oh my God! Wow, I don't know. I, no, <laughs> Romeo was very uh, Romeo of Romeo and Juliet. And Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> maybe you've heard of it. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, written by a man named William Shakespeare. William uh, that was a that was an that was a terribly valuable role for me to have. Uh, it taught me uh, a lot of different things uh, as far as being a professional actor goes. Uh, it also taught me a lot about uh, just being a human. Um, yeah, that was an incredibly valuable role. Uh, I think as far as the most fun, it's a toss up between uh, it's a toss up between Dean Hyde and all shook up and uh, honestly, probably Harry in Mamma Mia. That's, that's a that's cool. that's. That's a very one. that's a very fun role to play. <laughs> yeah. Which is a nice little small segue. Yeah. We're gonna do a little Mamma Mia talking later on Mama with Jeff. Wife. Nice. Yeah. Mama Mia. So but um what? I don't, I, I must well, I wish we could have gotten those winks something. on the live feed. <laughs> that would be a perfect boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> so um this Saturday. Yeah. This one. Yep. This Saturday, down oh, at wow. August third, down at six p.m. six p.m. Cool. at the uh, Banshell. Uh, True North Radio's summer concert series, once a season for three seasons now. Yep. Thunder Bay Theater to kind of does a show takeover for lack of a better term. Uh, yeah, we, kind of, we yeah. bring our we bring our uh, our middle musical of every year to the uh, Banshell stage to uh, give better access to our work to our community uh, because we can yeah. and we should. Absolutely. So, and Mama Mia mm-hmm. will be the featured and <gasps> concert. Was due. concert performance. Yes. Correct. This year. So, so. Uh, the music of ABBA, mm-hmm. maybe you've heard of them. Maybe. Um, live on stage with lots of dancing, lots of singing, lots of uh, acting. Um, yeah, it's been pretty special. I think that the uh, the performance really speaks for itself. Um in, in the first three years that we've done it, uh, we've had over, you know, anywhere between uh, 1,500 and 2,000 people. And uh, to be a, a, 
a professional theater in any market across America, you're always trying to make sure that you're reaching as many people as possible because uh, uh, this was an anecdote that was given to someone that was said by someone in our theater just recently that really uh, struck a chord with me. Every single performance will be one person's first theatrical performance and one person's last. Yeah. And that was just really resonated with me as to like why we do our work and why it's important to be able to do shows for free uh, with such a wide uh, perspective of accessibility. What I think is interesting is that as I have tried to recruit friends mm-hmm. to come and attend performances, um, some have been met with resistance. So I think it's a fair very nice way of saying it. Yeah, you yeah. know, I think that um, there's a lot of uh, stigma built into uh, uh, live theater. Um, you know, there's uh, there's there's a requirement of your audience to be actively engaged with what's happening on stage that the movies and TV, you know, and Netflix doesn't require. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, you know, requires two to three hours of your life. Um, and you know, uh, for some people, it requires getting all dressed up. You know, and uh, possibly putting yourself in a situation where you're uh, channeling your emotions or asking questions of yourself um, artistically and uh, authentically that you're not used to having to answer. Um, Now, Mamma Mia may not be the show that makes you ask those questions like West Side Story, you know, which deals with a lot of racism and and, um, um, death. uh, But... It's our job as professionals, especially professional artists in this community, to make sure that every time we do our work, we're approaching it and uh, producing it in a way that still makes you ask questions. Um, And with Mamma Mia specifically, we've got uh, an ensemble and a story that is built around three strong women who are independent and who have, you know, had mistakes and relationships um, and and who still wake up every morning knowing what they want and knowing how they're going to get it. And and, um, in regards to bringing that to the band show, I'm so and and also uh, our production uh, is is very uh, conscious to the idea of casting actors of color. Um, and so I'm so excited to, uh, to any young, young people of color who may be living in this community or may be coming to this community and have no idea what they're about to sit down to, to, uh, to see, uh, you know, someone who looks like them or someone who, you know, says things that they might be saying, uh, do that in a way that is empowering and, uh, uh, impactful and, um, emotional and entertaining. I, um, what has... You sold out. Let's first say that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things as an artistic producer uh, that can be frustrating but also, you know, exciting is that um, a lot of times our success is defined by how many tickets we sell, which is not how we ever want to define our success based on dollar signs or bottom lines. Um, But it does feel really good when uh, you produce a piece of art that uh, everybody wants to come see. Uh, and I wish that that happened more often in Alpina. And yeah. I think that we're on our way to doing yeah. that. That generates a buzz. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so uh, each year we've done four shows at the theater on one weekend of this show. Uh, and this was the first year that we have had to add an additional show and still sold that one out. Yeah. Uh, so we had yeah. just, uh, just to give people perspective on that, we ran into the woods for three weeks this summer with 14 performances and about 900 people came and saw the show. We ran Mamma Mia for five performances in one weekend and had 920 people come and see the show. It's crazy. That's right? that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. that, I mean, that's it's it's literally mind numbing. Yeah. And again, the best and the worst way possible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sure one of my favorite things I've gotten to know you is 
someone that was blissfully ignorant to the world, theater world. Yeah. You know, I, I've always been honest with you about Speaking that. Speaking to yourself. Yeah. 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 yeah just um, my answer was simple. Do more, do more shows like Mamma Mia. Sure. You know, that was the first thing I said to you. It was yeah. like, well, if, you know, if Into the Woods doesn't draw the numbers, yeah, and Mamma Mia does. Why not? Yeah. The, 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 the it's pretty easy, you know? Yeah. And then of course, the the logic to you that you gave me was uh so mama mia is going to be a show that folks can go down to grand rapids can go down to detroit can go to new york and they're going to have pretty uh there, there's there's a higher level of accessibility to mama mia than there is to into the woods and then if we want to go on the entire opposite spectrum uh any of the works of william shakespeare or what we just did this past spring glass menagerie um and although mama mia may be more entertaining than Glass Menagerie uh, by Tennessee Williams, who is an amazing American playwright, probably one of the, the best and most famous, or a show like End of the Woods, which deals with uh, you know higher level concepts um, in regards to um, family and in regards to, again, death and in regards to uh, conflict. Um, it's our job, it's our job as artists to use our empathy and use our soft skills and use our artistry to make those conversations that are sometimes difficult and sometimes challenging much more accessible. Mm. So, you know, whereas we do the band shell performance to just grow accessibility in regards to, you know, eyes seeing our work, uh, doing shows like Shakespeare and doing shows like the glass menagerie are so important because we're, we're creating accessibility for, uh, people's emotional intelligence Mm. and, uh, communication styles and channels and, and really sitting back and realizing (laughs) that, um, without those live theatrical experiences that, that uh, spark things in you that sometimes are easier to suppress or easier to ignore, um, there's so much value in that, even if it just means that you walk out of the theater and you go, I hope that I never go through what that character went through. Or I hope, you, or, 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 um, wow, I've never seen anyone else go through the same things that I've gone through. And it uh, it creates a sense of community. It creates a sense of connection. It creates a sense of comfortability. Um, and and the reason I always bring up those numbers too, the nine hundred, the nine hundred, is that I have so many people, your friends, my friends, uh, you know, the people who in this community who love what we're doing and love what we're doing for the kids through our educational programs. Um, they don't realize that, you know, they say, "Man, I just wish I had a little more time to see the show," or "I wish I had put it in my schedule at a different time." But nine hundred and twenty folks you know, carved out two and a half hours, you know, and, and I don't want to use that as a bargaining chip. I want to say it's our job as the theater artists, but also as people to say, this is important. This is worth getting the babysitter for two and a half hours. This is worth, um, you know, uh, well, the babysitter is a big thing, you know, uh, you know, and just finding that time, but also having the money and, and, you know, having the, uh, well, the theater involves the commitment. Exactly. And it's not just, like you said, it. you have to be actively engaged. Well, 100%. you don't have to be. I mean, but it helps. It's, 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 hard, it's hard to appreciate what a theater can really do for you as an individual and for your community if you are not uh, engaged at a certain level. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean that, you know, people who just came and saw Mamma Mia, that we don't love them and we don't want them. I mean, obviously we do, you yeah. know. Um, but if Mamma Mia, which is not designed to make you think and make you feel, can do that. Imagine what can happen for shows that are considered, you know, some of the greatest plays in the Amer- in American history mm-hmm. or some of the greatest plays by the greatest playwright of all mm-hmm. time who uses a completely different language, but you're still able to understand what those characters are going through. Mm-hmm. 
I often the way I can relate to it so far is, I mean, Mama Mia is like Margaritaville. Yeah, you know that's a great way of saying it. So like, people will go to Jimmy Buffett, and they will sit for two and a half hour performance just to hear Margaritaville. You bet. And that's why they're going. Yep. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, I think, um, and you, one of the things I appreciated from you, you were very honest with me, mm-hmm. and you said that um, someone like Lucas. Wants a role that's challenging. Yep. And that's also part of the reason why you're able to recruit some of the talent you are able to by offering them some roles that will challenge them both professionally and personally. So, yeah. uh, and a lot of times with shows like Mamma Mia, there isn't all of that there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard to get young professionals to come to Alpena, Michigan. <laughs> I don't know if our listeners know that. Um, it's you know, it's uh, it's not it's not up there on the top ten list of uh, you know cities you want to go to theater in, but um, it should be it, well, and, and and it's becoming that way because the first thing I say is, well, have you ever woken up and looked out over Lake Huron? And they go, no. And I say, well, that's going to be pretty impactful. Um, and, and, you know, and it's not just the fact that it's Alpena, Michigan. It's also the fact that, and I don't know how many of our listeners know this, all of our performing staff at Thunder Bay Theater are making under $125 a week. In the summer season, every single actor on that stage that is that they're going to see at the band shell um, for $0 is making $100 for that <coughs> week's worth of work. <coughs> and I have to convince them why. We have to convince them why. It's not just my job. It's it's my community's job. Because mm-hmm. this community has convinced me why I should stay here and why I should turn down promotions or I should turn down, you know, going back home to Allentown or going to Chicago or going to, you know, St. Louis where Paige, you know, went to school. Um, and it's because of the people who who are at the theater every single day. You forgot Portland, by the way. Thank you, Portland. 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 That's okay. the way that we're real <laughs> uh, You know, it's, it's, it's the community members, much like yourself and Bradley, <laughs> who go above and beyond the, the the basic needs of what the theater needs that I will wake up every single morning and, and convince, you know, these amazing young theater artists that people will drive four hours to go see in, in national tours that people will, you know, drive four hours or pay thousands of dollars to go all the way over to New York city. I mean, the, the performers that folks are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to go see in the big cities across America are literally sharpening their teeth and getting their experience for 18 to $20 a show at Thunder Bay theater. I don't think that our community fully understands that yet. And it's our job to, you know, help them understand that. And it's, and it's, it is a challenge. It's a challenge because, you know, I don't think that our, our young people and, 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 you know, um, I don't think that they realize the, um, the opportunity. I mean, we've got, we've got Broadway alumni right now who are here in the past five years. Mm-hmm. We've got, we've got people who are on cruise ships. We've got people who are going to graduate programs and becoming the top of, of the industry. And, and again, you can see their work at Thunder Bay theater for $20. Mm-hmm. That's Bradley. How would you describe that? It's a great deal. <laughs> and that's coming from the accountant folks. So, uh, Very frugal accountant. Yeah. 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 No, Man, you, mind you know, you. And, and sometimes, sometimes, you know, when I talk about this, I get very passionate about it, but, sometimes. but it's, <laughs> um, all the time, correction. Yeah. All the time. Um, you know, I don't want it to come off as adversarial, but like, it is a challenge. Well, I am, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't mind winding you up a little bit right now. Yeah. You're doing it. You're pushing me. Well, <laughs> because I think, you know, I've had these conversations yep. privately, and I don't. I don't think. I think this is an opportunity to maybe 
pull back the curtain a little bit. Heck yeah. For a lack of a better term. That was <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. Hey, I'm so proud of you for using a theater joke. Yeah. That's really impressive. <laughs> yeah. So Look at um, how far we've come. Yeah. And, um, but to really maybe help educate, even if it's just one person. Yeah. And then say, Hey, wow. You know, um, there's other things at the theater, I think that are working with it and against it. 100%. And, um, we just had a conversation a little while ago, but there's other entities in town that are going through the same battles, challenges. Yep, challenges. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think part of the problem that we've talked about and we've targeted is that the theater has been around for a really long time. And, and we are so blessed that that is true. Yeah. But the the drawback to that longevity is that some people have a perception in their mind of what it's always been. Yep. So one of the things that um, I like that you've done is you've started to not only change it internally, but also physically. And uh, just recently, with the help of your lovely wife, and our uh, uh, ex-managing director, Molly Stricker. She deserves yes. as much credit as, as the rest of us. You guys have been able to transform the lobby. Yes. A substantial transformation. I think into a brand new space. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I think it goes without saying that if uh, if you haven't come down to say, hey, now's the time, folks. <laughs> um, and I, what I think I never realized until when maybe just – if you want to just see it, Stop in. Yeah, absolutely. We've got box office hours from 1230 to 430. And what we intend to do with those hours is to make Thunder Bay Theater a public communal space. If you've got a book you need to read, if you've got homework you want to do, if you've got your Cabin Creek and there's no seats at Cabin Creek, walk on down to Thunder Bay Theater, open the door, and enjoy the uh, enjoy the natural light of the of the room and and the way that it looks and the way that it feels. And, you know, hopefully you'll meet one of the core <laughs> company actors from, you know, Virginia or from New York City or from, uh, you know, southern Mississippi. You know, come and meet them and get to know them. Uh, you know, it's. We're also going to be putting a play library in our lobby so you can come in and grab a play, read a play. That's Why awesome. Not? You know, again, we just want to make theater as an idea, mm-hmm. in addition to as an art form, as accessible to our community as possible. So, one of the things we talked about last time you were here um, was your capital campaign. Yeah. And um, with that, obviously, you were able to do transfer in the lobby. Yes. So um, I'm going to put you on the spot because you got about five that. minutes. Yeah. So you're going to have to elevator pitch. <laughs> what's next? So what's next is um, planning what's next. Uh, <laughs> we, we have a very clear set of ideas and goals in regards to what it's going to look like uh, that we have set out. So there's four more phases of our five phase capital campaign. The next is that we need desperately to uh, – fix the foundation of our Fletcher Street side of the building because just like John A. Lau struggled with a few years ago, uh, it's starting to lean into the point where it's causing cracks and fissures amongst the entire property. And then once we're able to fix that part of the building and get it to stop leaning, we're going to replace all of the original windows in the upstairs apartments, which our actors have to uh, endure during their year-round uh, the stay in Alpena. It's snowing um, inside my apartment. Yeah, it's, 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 one, of the selling, it's yeah. one of the selling points uh, when we're talking about the entire benefits package is uh, uh, I hope is that uh you know it's gonna snow inside your apartment um so that's 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 the next step whenever that takes place uh the third step is that we are actually going to take our theater proper which means the area with the stage and the seats and we're gonna level it uh and what we really want to do is we want to make 
the theater space a completely transformative arena where the stage can be moved, the seats can be moved, the seats can be raised, the seats can be dropped. There can be theater in the round, which means the stage will be in the middle of all the seats. There can be a thrust stage where you're watching actors from three sides of the theater, or it can be in a traditional proscenium space like it is right now. Um, so that's, you know, that's stage three, and that's going to require installing a new lighting grid so that uh, we're up to code and we can hit all of those different spots in the theater. Um, and obviously investing in, in all the things that are needed to make that happen. Step four is going to be um, our warehouse space, which is currently really only used for building only in the summer because it's not insulated. Again, there's cracks. Uh, it leaks. Uh, the, the roof was burned about 10 years ago. Uh, the ceiling on the inside, and it just you know never got <coughs> replaced. Um, so it's mainly a building space for about three or four months and then storage. And what we want to do with that space is uh, completely renovate it, completely update it so that it is a year-round space that also includes a new costume shop, a new dance studio, in addition to still being a building space and a storage space. And then uh, the fifth phase, whether that be in three years or whether that be in 10 years, you know, we're not, uh, we don't want to box ourselves into a certain time frame. Uh, is that we're going to officially redo the, uh, the apartments and, and, and kind of put the final the final piece of the puzzle for our, our young uh, professional theater artists when they come to Alpina to make them feel like they're uh, like they're at home and they're in a place that they want to respect as their home and things like that. And then uh, with whatever dollars are left, we're going to start an endowment fund so that we never have to have a capital campaign again. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's worth talking or mentioning. Great that job, by the way. Thanks. Yeah, you did that in a really good time. Um, why would the apartments be important? Uh, well, besides the work that we do downstairs, uh, the apartments are the uh, the other primary thing that the young professionals have when they come here. A lot of them are moving 10 to 12 hours away from their families for a minimum of 10 weeks. Um, it's the place where they get to go to relax. It's the place where they get to go to um, shed some of the emotions and some of the uh, technique and some of the things that we're asking them to do downstage, uh, downstairs by being a professional theater. Um, and everybody wants to live in a place that they're proud of. Yeah, I think you, it's pretty simple. When you're working 10 hours a day, you don't want to go home to a 50-year-old apartment. Yeah, and what I think is important that needs to be said is most most of your cast is living in these apartments. Almost because all of them, yes. None of them, with the, the pay that you're paying them, mm -hmm. Them, them renting out space isn't an option. No. The only reason the Thunder Bay Theater works as it is currently constituted is because of the six apartments that we have above the theater. Mm -hmm. Unless someone were to donate us another house. You know what I mean? Which, you know, house... Would be great. Somebody go ahead and... <laughs> donate we us love that. House, house donations don't drop in your lap every... Uh, every what? Every now and then someone is kind enough to donate a room in their home. Uh, and we're very, very blessed for that. Um, you know, but... Yeah, we are. In... <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> the, the the work the work that we do is so different than any other work because you spend sixty hours a week with your coworkers and then are forced uh, to see your coworkers five minutes after you go home, and that's exhausting. Uh, but that's also the life of a theater artist. And that's why we do create such strong relationships and such strong bonds with one another. And why uh, at the theater, one of our core values is family. And we're not just, you know, blowing smoke up anybody's butt about that. You know, we believe, at least at our theater, that if we're not working to establish that we are a family and we are uh, focused on growth and community uh, and diversity and inclusivity, then there's no way that we're going to be able to produce the kind of work that our community has come to expect of us. Good stuff. So I'm going to stop you right there. Great.
we can all slap the bugs off us. Nice. Because they're starting to come out, and then yep. this lighted screen is just attracting them all. Yep. So, um, and then we'll come back, and we'll kind of round it all out. So. All righty. So, with this new cool space that you have. Yep. Hip, and you should go check it out. So, let me give you an example. Jeffrey and I become rather close, and one of the pitches he told me um, – well, like during Christmas time, Brad had a Christmas party. It was a great Christmas party. Great Christmas Looking party. Looking forward to the second one. So, so and in that time, we kept getting Jeff. Our relationship grew. As a, any relationship can. Heavy bros always stick together. Yeah. So, long story short, he would often tell me, "Hey, this is great, but just so you know, in June, this is going to pause." <laughs> and I didn't really know what he meant, but he was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to live at the theater." And his wife was like, "Yeah, he's going to live at the theater," and I didn't really realize what you meant until. The season started, and I was like, hey, it's Tuesday at 9 o'clock. What are you doing? And you're like, I'm at the theater at 11 o'clock tonight. And I was like, oh, okay. Hey, it's Sunday at 3 o'clock. What are you doing? I'm at the theater. And I'm like, Sunday at 3 o'clock? I mean, come on. So, um, 100-hour weeks don't make much sense until you actually start asking someone where they are for 100 yeah. hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> so it became crystal clear that you really are there a lot. Um, but – with that space I was talking about, yeah. you guys have decided you're going to kick off a fundraiser. Yes. Um, I guess, will this air? We're going to go ahead and say this is going to be August. So it's going to air next sure. month. Or that you guys will kick it off next month in September. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, I would actually like to kick this over to Paige, who is kind of the grandmaster of uh, of this new signature event at Thunder Bay. I, I kind of be honest with you. The, when she's here, I thought, well, let's talk about it because yeah. I know she's kind of, um, this is her brainchild Yeah, with the amazing work of our development and engagement committee, mm-hmm. uh, through this summer, one of the things about, uh, growth and understanding that I was talking about is that we've had a little bit of a restructure at Thunder Bay theater with our bylaws and with our committees, uh, that I, I believe, and, and our board of directors believes is really going to put us in a better position to succeed and accomplish more of our goals. And, uh, through that Paige and I have become even more involved in, uh, in as if, I don't really know this was possible, but we've become even more involved in every facet of the organization mm-hmm. from not just directing and stage managing, but, and, and, you know, but box office education, fundraising, all these things. So I, but I do want to make sure that we do give credit to our amazing board of directors who, uh, who trusts us enough to empower us to, you know, run with these kinds of events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> what's it called? Uh, so we're, it's our huh, brand new words. signature I event. Know, brand new signature event. It <laughs> means it's going to be annual. Q color. So it'll have a different name each year, a different theme, but this year is Q Color. Um, so it's all about what the arts can bring to uh, Alpena, small areas, and by therefore kind of coloring it in a way. So you try to raise money. Yep. For some of the things we just talked about. Well, and it's, a, it's important to know why. Yeah. but And that's where I thought this would be a great opportunity. Right. So. Yep. We could talk about what you're going to do with this really cool fundraiser in September. Yes. You're mm-hmm. going to start hearing about it, and we're going to start sharing it. And What can um, people expect there? Yeah. All sorts of things. Silent auction, live auction. Uh, we're going to be doing 50-50. We'll have great food, cash bar. Live um, entertainment, announcing live entertainment, our 2020 yep. season, which we're really excited about. That's yep. exciting. Yep. Um, actors, actresses. Of course. Uh, mm-hmm. So it'll be our fall core company, yep. uh, many of whom you already know, including Lucas, uh, you know, showcasing uh, songs from uh, every title that we will be producing next uh, next year. Now, obviously, some of the shows like our Shakespeare and our uh, Great American Play project, uh, those will not have songs sung from them. So it'll be five songs from the five major musicals. Uh, but one of the things that uh, we're totally allowed to announce right now, live on the podcast, this is a exclusive. 
I'm excited. I thought we were going to have a sound drop. I'm sorry. Um, Is that uh, next year we will actually be adding at least one more play to our roster. Wow. And that play is specifically going to be another children's play Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year. Good. So it's not going to be in the summer. Correct. I don't want to be. No, 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 no. I'm kind of selfish. I don't want to infringe on any more time than I'm ready to lose it. So, (laughs) so, I mean. So, so this year. Just have the holidays, but no big. <laughs> this year, we uh, Thunder Bay Theater officially became co-advisors of the Alpena High School Masters Club, which we have been very, very involved with uh, since like my second year at Thunder Bay Theater. Um, mm-hmm. And so what that looked like this year is that instead of just being directly involved with their annual musical, this year we were also involved in all of their workshops and pretty much all of the operations of the club. So there were some growing pains in that, but um, we now produce both of their productions, uh, their, their spring. And I put spring in quotations because it's like March and no, everybody knows that there's no spring in March in Northern Michigan. Um, and then the annual musical. So next year's calendar is going to be the maskers play in the beginning of the season. Like it was this year. Uh, and then we're going to be doing a children's play for kids 8 to 11. And then we will be doing a young adults play with students from 12 to 17. And what we've done prior to this is only done one children's play that included young people from 8 to, to eight to 21. So now we're trying to, again, increase the accessibility because what's been happening is that a lot of younger children, um, you know, who are still, you know, uh, either learning how to read or learning how to, to talk to one another. Again, those soft skills that we were referring to, they've not been getting the same opportunities as our, you know, middle school and high school students who obviously are more developed in those areas just because that happens when you get older. So we're so excited to be able to, uh, (laughs) not for Lucas. Um, we're so excited, uh, with this new programming calendar to be able to serve our elementary school students who just want to figure out what it's like to be on stage and have their parents applaud for them and, you know, put on a fun costume while also developing the theater skills and the soft skills of our middle school and high school students. I think that's important because, all kids want that reformation from their parent. And it's not always Absolutely. a soccer player or basketball. Or not everybody wants to. And if you're it. able to get affirmation from 13 parents instead of your own set of parents, everybody's going to feel pretty good about that. Yeah. yeah. So part of the reason that you're doing this fundraiser is you guys do a lot of other things yes. outside of just put on plays. Exactly. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better term. Um, one of those things is during the summer, yep. early in the summer, is you guys are able to do a school tour. For, yes, and I know you have a much more fancy term than I just said. Uh, well, no, you're pretty close. It's uh, it's our educational tour. Uh, 2020 will be our fourth year of the educational tour, and each year we've seen it grow. This past spring, for three weeks uh, in 2019, um, we served over 12,000 students. Uh, across the entire northern Michigan region. We went all the way over to Traverse City, all the way down to Alcona, for the first time ever, all the way up to Mackinac Island Public Schools, uh, which was amazing. Um, And then we actually served every single student in Alpena Public Schools with one of our performances. And what's amazing is that from that exposure, now there's more school districts. I mean, I can tell you the one specifically, Mayo, uh, Osable, Alcona, Pelston, Alanson, um, Alpena, again, we're getting involved with Gaylord's uh, Public Schools. They're asking for us to start writing grants and seeking more funding so that we can serve as many students as possible, not only with our performances, but also with our workshop programs. What's really impressive <laughs> is that this, as anyone knows who lives in the area, we did not have a lot of school this winter. Yeah. <laughs> There was a challenge there with school days and how that 
mess with the schedule and being able to that affected you i'm a a bit of a master negotiator Uh, (laughs) you know because um ideally every time that we plan a performance we want to serve 75 kids per performance because that is what the numbers you know the the statistical analysis and data from theater educators across america and professional companies from across america that do the same kind of work they have said that you really want to try and and balance students on a 30 to 1 or even i mean if if funding was was never a problem really a 20 to one student to to teaching artist ratio you know i think that we see that in public schools as well we want our classrooms to be 20 students but uh you know the best laid plans often you know go to waste um so we shoot for that 75 student per performance goal uh, because of the school cancellations <laughs> this year, uh, specifically with some of our Alpena public schools uh, programs, we had to make larger, we had to do less performances for more students. And what was so exciting for me about that was that, especially at the middle school, our first performance had about 225 students. And our second performance had about 150. And then our third performance had that 75 student ratio. And I got so many calls and I got so many uh, submissions and because uh, we always ask teachers to give us evaluations because we want to make sure that we're teaching the right things, doing the right things. Every single teacher from that 75 student performance wrote back a review and said, you need to come back every year with the exact same program and do it with this number of students. And we will work to help you do that. Why? What I mean by that is yeah. why this isn't easy. No, no it's, it's not. <laughs> It's not cheap to get the cars. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not to get the, the, the rehearsal hours. To get the, the rehearsal hours to yeah. get to get these actors to come here and to, to figure out how to communicate to a room full of sixth to eighth graders yeah. about about um, mental health and about body image and about uh, stress, yeah. uh, which is specifically what that program was. Um, so I'm sorry. What was your question? So I mean, there's a lot of work into that it goes into putting on these shows. Sure. Uh, how does that speak to the Thunder Bay Theater's uh, mission? I guess this is where <laughs> yeah. I'm at, uh, so um, this is kind of like my catchphrase here. But uh, if we're not going to do it, who's going to? If Thunder Bay Theater is not going to put the kids first and prioritize, um, you know, impacting one student who may be struggling with uh, with their identity or, you know, with some things at home that are out of their control or even some things at home that are in their control. You know, if we can make one student roll up to us in the Meyer parking lot and roll down the window and say, hey, I saw you at that assembly and you made a difference in my life. Now, they're not going to use those words because it's in sixth grade. I don't know if I would use those words. <laughs> yeah. And I certainly wouldn't be driving a car in sixth grade. Um, you know, but, it is Northern uh, Michigan. It is Northern Michigan. <laughs> Uh, you know, but I can't tell you how many times I am uh, rolling through the McDonald's or Taco Bell drive-thru and the cashier behind the register will say, hey, man, I really appreciate you, you guys came in and talked to us. Yeah. Um, and then our elementary school students, you know, who are not working yet, um, you know, I am unfortunately like a local celebrity at Meyer, And Make my wife dad. my wife and I don't really like going to Meyer outside of like 11 p.m. Because or you get all the parents who don't know why their child is talking to this man. That's my favorite look. <laughs> yeah, is uh, – is like I'm having a full conversation with with, uh, with a six year old, mm-hmm. and like we know each other's names, and like we're talking about things that we do on a weekly basis, and their parents are like, "Oh, why are you talking?" And why haven't I met you yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, You've got a beard. You're six two. You know, you're a heavy dude. Mm-hmm. Um, why? What the heck's going on here, yeah. dude? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then they do, and then we do our little secret theater handshake, and they're like, "Oh, Mr. Jeff." But that's really uh-huh. the point of the fundraiser. It's probably our biggest fundraiser yes. we're going to have in the past five years, and it's to continue to hire professionals who can keep educating our community. 
Well, that's, that's really the that's the whole point. I say I say I, I use that language a lot. I talk about how we need to improve the quality of life for these young theater professionals that come to Thunder Bay Theater. You know, I don't think anybody is proud that that you know our actors are only making a hundred dollars a week. I don't think anybody's proud that there's chip painting off the walls and that you know it's snowing into their apartments. But sometimes, you know, when you just have that big picture, you don't. It's it's hard to say. Well, I'm going to give five dollars. I'm going to give a hundred dollars. I'm going to give five thousand dollars because you don't really know where it's going towards. So the language that we're focusing on now is that without these young theater professionals, there is no mm-hmm. education program. Without these young professionals, there is no Let's Talk Diversity panel series. Uh, ob- obviously, without the actors, there is no Mamma Mia, and there is no Into the Woods, and there is no Carousel. But it's so much more than that. And we can even go one step further yeah. because we have the luxury. Having Lucas here, bingo, and that's why. I see yeah, and Lucas, you can even talk about what it's like to do these performances at or have these interactions with students at you. I know uh, you've shared with us before mm-hmm. the Mackinac trip. Yeah, yeah. So, so when uh, when my tour partner Emily and I went to Mackinac Island, we did a, a little a little workshop where we taught we taught the kids uh, a couple different exercises to do things like build a character, uh, uh, taught them about different tactics that they can use to get things that they want within the context of the game and the <laughs> characters that they're portraying and all this. And uh, when it was time to be done, when it was time to end the, the workshop, we, we asked, do you guys have any, any questions for us? Uh, and almost all of their hands shot up. And we called on one student and the very first question that we got, she asked, when are you coming back? Not, can you come back? Not, will you come back? When are you coming back? Mm-hmm. And all of every, every single other student either said quietly yes or nodded their head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 and, and, and Why do you do what you do, Lucas? Uh, <laughs> it's for the great apartment. Yeah, it's for it's. Yeah. <laughs> you get to live with me. It's those perks. It's those perks. It's the benefits. It's the benefits. Live with this guy. Get live right now. <laughs> no, I I I do what I do because it uh because the one hundred dollar paycheck I get every week is nominal compared to the feeling that I get when I know because I've heard the parents talk about it, mm-hmm. that their child is playing the theater games that I taught them at home mm-hmm. incessantly. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 that feeling of having an impact on another person, especially a child, is worth $500, $1,000, write a number it doesn't matter it's the impact that we that we can make it's the it's 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 the it's the potential to make such an enormous change even if it's just one person even if it's that just that one kid is there is there any any speci- any special impact or attention that you can uh perceive uh, because we are serving a lot of rural, uh, you know, underserved communities up here in Northern Michigan, um, you know, being from right outside of Flint, yeah. um, you know, I, have been very, um, selfish with you and I haven't let you go work anywhere else, uh, since the moment <laughs> that I met you. So you don't really have anything to base it off of in that regard. But, um, you know, 
I know that being from a big, you know, metropolitan area on the East Coast where arts funding and, and the arts were abundant mm-hmm. um, has only made me realize just how important this work is up here. And I was just wondering if you had anything to shed. Oh, absolutely. In, absolutely. Yeah. In what way? Uh, it's it's. It, it, it's it's the reactions from the kids when they watch us do what we do. It's it's the it's, it's the excitement that you can see, almost feel. You can almost feel their excitement at this this story that's unfolding in front of them, even if it's even if it's the three Billy Goats Gruff telling them about the five parts of a story. <laughs> they just they just want to learn and they want to have fun, and we help them to do both of those things. Uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a vision. It's, you can see it happening in front of you. Um, as, and especially when they ask, when are you coming back? Or will we see you again next year? Or even when you're, you go to the school and uh, a kid comes up and said, Hey, I saw you guys last year. They didn't and see. Excited. They didn't yeah. see us, but they saw that show, and they can't, cannot wait to see it again. And and they saw Thunder Bay Theater. Yes, yeah. and that's what's really important. You yeah. know, I mean, but Thunder Bay Theater is only as strong as the young professional theaters <laughs> that we bring here. Um, and I try to say that every single day. Of course. Um, you know, and I think that I, I, you know, I think we do a pretty good job of that because otherwise people wouldn't come back every you know, as much as yeah. they do. Um, you know, and it's not just. I think that one of the most profound things for me over the past six months to a year um, is that it's not just the three Billy Goats Gruff and the five parts of the story or Goldilocks and the three bears and the math functions. Um, Earlier this year, working with uh, the Martin Luther King Day uh, committee, um, we had the privilege to uh, take one of our, to take a a program uh, about Martin Luther King's life and about, uh, you know, his teachings and about his focuses and philosophies. And we took those into uh, the elementary schools again, uh, both the ecumenical and the, uh, the public schools in Alpena. And um, one day my, my teaching artist came back to me and they told me about a 20 minute conversation they had when a student started off the conversation by saying, didn't, didn't Martin Luther King Jr. end slavery? And there's still just so much work to be done. And that young man, or, or I don't know if it was a young man, young, 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 young girl, um, it's not their fault. No, No. you know, and, and, and again, you know, it might've been a Freudian slip at that age. You know what I mean? But, but the, 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 the fact is we get the first day of hunting season off, but not Martin Luther King Jr. Like that's, that's insane. (laughs) That's absolutely insane. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot to be done. Well, yeah. so there's a lot to be done. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and by by pursuing, by bringing these these young professional artists to this community, I think that that's uh that's how we're that that's how we're doing our part in in impacting um, growth and and learning and education. It is my favorite thing that you guys have done. Um, is that you have started a lot of conversations in our community. You guys have decided to pick up the torch. And sometimes the first one through the door takes all the bullets. You know what I mean? It's unfortunate. <laughs> but um, I think in, in many ways you've decided to maybe start the conversation on some things that have been lacking in our community for a very, really long time. And I think that's noble. And I, I, that alone I think is worth worth the supporting. 
if anything right. else, because it only makes us a stronger community. Well, and, and again, for me, um, you know, I came from, I know where I had the bugs. <laughs> I, I came, I came from a lifestyle and an upbringing where, um, you know, I was able to appreciate, um, a lot of privilege, but, you know, um, from an economical standpoint, from, um, from an identity standpoint and, and because of my work at Thunder Bay theater, leading this group of, of young, uh, professionals who are diverse and and come from all walks of life, uh, it's made me realize that it's not about what being right and being wrong. It's just about, like you said, having that conversation. Um, I think it's about making an impact. Yeah, and that's why, like our tagline for the whole fundraiser is a night of impact. So we can continue making an impact and continue starting a conversation and continue doing what we're doing. And what's most exciting is that uh, this is the first fundraiser, actually, that we've had in the five years that uh, Paige and I have been here, where we already have uh, ex um, executive and producer sponsors lined up. So we do want to give a quick little shout out to uh, Edward Jones, Andrew Kowalski, uh, for hearing about this event and, and uh, through his wife and himself uh, being so invested in what we're doing and why we're doing it. Uh, Kristen has choreographed for us in the past, was a previous board member um and andrew was always uh, uh an active uh patron um you know we just want to give them a lot of credit for uh you know jumping onto this event and making uh making the planning process a little bit easier and then just today uh wolverine state credit union jumped on as a producer sponsor uh really uh supporting our mission and supporting our goals and, and what we're trying to accomplish yeah. with this fundraiser so uh you know we would be remiss if we didn't uh, give a shout out to those two amazing community-based organizations mm -hmm. it's good stuff so it's, we're going to take a much lighter turn. I love that. <laughs> this hasn't been fun? This been well, I think it's been amazing. But I, <laughs> what, I think, what I think needs to be done many times, and we touched it lightly on your first time on it, yeah. is there's a lot of work to be done on educating our community. Yeah, yeah. Know? And I think you don't – a lot of times you have to give an elevator pitch. Right? Yeah. It's that two minutes, that 30-second – I'm going to get you for just the 10 two minute minutes. curtain speech. I got to just uh, give you everything I can in this couple <laughs> yeah, minutes. 20 minutes. I don't think you very often from what I've been able to spend time with you. Yeah. Don't have a chance to sit down for an hour, an hour and a half and really talk about what it is you do it. Why the, why behind what you're yeah, doing yeah. and the, the, how much someone like Lucas means to you <laughs> and all of them. And then, and then, not only that, but how what the theater's higher mission and then how that's impacting them, and then you know the whole thing, and then it's just this, you know, it's a circle, it's like, yeah, cycle of circle of life, and type of thing going on here. But um, I want to this is our yearly Brad lesson or our annual pod. Um, Brad's going to be louder, more talkative episode, more confident, more confident. <laughs> we're working on confidence. So last time, last time we were on, you we were working uh, on some diction. We yeah. were working on some physical, uh, some physical techniques. Have you worked on any of those in the past uh, twelve I months? I bet he has. Uh, I did He's it once. Yes. You did it once, and and I bet that that was the uh, most impactful moment of your life, which is what I'm focused on. <laughs> No. no. Okay. All right. So, so tell me, Bradley, uh, with where you're at in your life, with what's happening uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, maybe what happened over the past weekend. Um, tell me, what can I do for you? Because as I've said to you, not only am I, am I uh, a producing artistic director and an educator and, um, uh, you know, I like to think an okay guy, um, I'm also, uh, you know, I'm pretty proud of my wife. 
And I think I did a great job in uh, convincing her to marry me. That's only because they don't know the whole story. But because it's a great story. Well, uh, we don't need to tell it, though. Yeah, we, we're fine. <laughs> we'll save that for the After Hours pod, like yeah. Trevor. Oh, now. man. For, I tell you uh, what. Behind, behind the scenes. That almost makes me want to do another episode next week. But anyways, <laughs> moving on. So, Bradley, <laughs> tell me. When you look out over the, over the next year of your life, because I probably won't be back for another year, because I'll never see you guys again. Yes. Um, over the next year of your life, when you sit back in your chair watching Big Mouth on Netflix, <laughs> what what is the one area where you think, man, I just know that Jeff has got some sort of technique or some sort of uh, skill that can help me on my journey? I bet it's stretching. You need to stretch more. That's my own fault. <laughs> I can't teach you how to have a work ethic, Bradley. Now, uh... <laughs> I don't know. You've had, I, I've, I've said a lot of words tonight, Brad. Maybe it's uh, like having me, a dog. No, it could be that. But let's try something else. Okay, um, yeah, let's let's feed it a little bit. I'm sure there are moments in your life that you have, Jeffrey, Lucas, both of you guys, where maybe you don't feel very good about yourself. Sure. <laughs> we all have those moments, right? I mean, it's been a long time, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, what can't when, when you're not feeling good? Actually, Steve, this morning when I almost broke my ankle trying to be oh, a good husband, no, I felt really not. awful oh, about myself. Oh, God. my God. He was I trying just, to throw a cat I, at me. I heard this story. Yeah, he was trying to throw a cat at me. So... We're going to stand point, although I feel like that deserves also. Is that about you? I, I feel like that was about me. Speaking about the soft skills and the empathy. and this is about uh, Brad. Yes, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're, for a little yeah, bit yeah. Of, Man, we're just uh, going to save this and maybe like, yeah, you're right. We, this is about Brad. We do another pod. This is about Brad. What do you do when you're not feeling good about yourself, both of you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like kind of pump yourself up. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you, maybe you've had a terrible day. You know that the house is packed from on me and they're expecting the best out of mm-hmm. Lucas. What are you doing to kind of change that mood, mentally kind of boost yourself? You do. So go ahead. I I play guitar. Okay. Uh, and anytime Bradley that, the guitar. Yeah. Anytime that I'm uh, upset or anytime that I'm happy or whatever, I I always I go to my guitar and I just I just start going, right. and that helps quite so a lot. So maybe the ass flute could be a possible option. Or I could just listen to music. Okay. All right. okay. Maybe Lucas will maybe Instead Lucas of trying will play. to play it, I'll just let somebody Lucas else do it for me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Lucas will play music for you. Who are you? Well, I can take, I, I was can take one day, you know, He was yeah. playing his guitar and I clapped. So. Wow. Yeah. I did. I heard I heard a very a very faint from the living room. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So do you want the short answer or do you want the long answer? I want whatever answer is going to impact Bradley the most. Okay. Short answer. So no you got three minutes, fifty-five seconds. Oh, I got three minutes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna no, use it. You have one. So there is nothing that can compare with the magic of a Crunchwrap Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> That's number one. I thought that was gonna so go far. Lucas is a whole lot better than. But number two, number two, and more sincerely, you guys wanted the short answer. That was it. Um, the short answer. And I say this to my five, five, my, my, my kindergarten students. I say this to my 25-year-old actors. I say 26-year-old actors. Thank you. I say it to my wife. I say it to myself all the time. Oh, my God. This is going to get Brad. Uh, it, well, we hope. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Whether or not everyone agrees with me on this, I believe that everyone has the opportunity to be an artist. And inherently, the creation of art allows you to use your brain and use your words and use whatever is inside of you in a way that takes you outside of your box. Now, knowing you, there may be a box involved, okay? <laughs> there is a comfort zone. But 
But mm-hmm. when you think about making art or being creative, it takes you away from trying to do things that are right and wrong. And it simply allows you to be and take risks and, and make mistakes and exist in the possibility that, you know, you're going to be right or wrong. And um, last year, uh, as we embarked on our summer season, which I think was one of our most successful uh, in my five-year career, um, we started the summer with uh, this quote that um, I don't know if it came from someone. If it did, uh, I'm not going to give them credit because I thought I came up with it myself. Um, but the quote, and it and it stayed on the wall at Thunder Bay Theater. I think that the the poster is still there. And thank you. Uh, it, it it says, "Don't let fear inhibit your ability to make art." And whether it's going on a walk or whether it's crunching numbers at work or it's waking up and not falling down a flight of stairs and spraining your ankle, every single chance that you have with every breath and with every action and every choice, you have the ability. I am answering the question. It's getting deep. (laughs) You have the chance to make art and you need to remind yourself in moments where you're not feeling great about yourself that you need to overcome your fear and your anxieties and your insecurities because the longer that you do that, the less chances you have to make art. That's good. All right. So no, no deep breathing, no putting your shoulders, no, no physical exercises this time, a little more Zen. I've got a book on Taoism. You could borrow if that's more your thing. That'd probably be a little better. Uh, Paige, what's your advice if mine is insufficient? I don't have any. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if anybody knows Paige, just because she believes that you're perfect the way you are yeah and i i deeply I feel that I too had that same <laughs> well we could we 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 believe that we could always be better that's sure. where this comes from so um i so did i not answer the question now no, you did no, 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 nope you did, you did a great job you did i i i, I loved your answer so what was the question so the answer was last. No, the question. I knew my answer. Yeah, the question was: Is what are what are so we wanted an exercise where we can help oh. Bradley just become more comfortable? I'm sorry, I did miss the exercise. Here. I, well, can, I can channel it. I can no. channel it. Okay. I mean, yeah, no. So here's the exercise. Well, you got. I got, I got you're not gonna do it. You're not gonna do it. Look. I got 25 seconds. Okay. So the exercise is that when you are feeling bad about yourself, you need to remind yourself, and you need to make a list of the different ways that you could create art in that moment. Whether it's a mental list or a physical list, you need to take a deep breath, take a step back and say, what are the three ways that I'm going to make art or make an impact or make a difference in this moment? Done. Awesome. Boom. Thanks. Nailed it. What? So what you guys don't know, because we started this next segment, is that Jeff could see the clock ticking down and he totally geared his speech or whatever he was saying to that clock as it was to be done. I could tell you at one point you were done, but you're like, oh, I got another eight seconds. I can keep going on. I, got, I can do something with this eight seconds. So I just want to let you know that. The best Maybe artist, that's what we need to start doing for curtain speeches. Give him a countdown clock. The best artist never that's let anyone see what goes on behind the curtain. <laughs> it was good stuff. So, um, man, I don't know what we should do. Do you want to do the top five? What's got the top five about? What is it? Show Our top five, top five surprising things about Alfina. Which yeah. I loved is because you guys are transplants. Yeah. yeah. yeah, We're all transplants. But what I think was interesting is I still think Brad and I can do a take on it mm-hmm. in a way that's kind of like, you know. Right. I, I agree. So, yeah. So, all right. Let's are do we going to include Paige in this? Yeah. Paige yeah. wants to come up with five quick things. I'll be honest. I only have three. Okay. So, but Most I mean, surprising. like. But, yeah. So, 
you well, know, no, I, you know me. I just I'm thinking of all the different ways that surprising resonates. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and that's exactly how it kind of worked with me. So I mean, for you, it could be like, wow, I came here and I didn't know that there's so much water in Alpia, yeah, for example. Yeah. You know, that's. Do you want me to do my first one? Yeah, right on the top of my tongue. I am continually surprised in the best way possible at how well our fast food restaurants are run in Alpina. <laughs> they are some of the cleanest, most efficient. Most... I mean, but that's true. Like that's they are. Like, I love living in Alpina because I know that that Crunchwrap Supreme is going to be made the same way every we're single there time. Every night, and they just really like us. <laughs> it may, it may no, be the Thunder Bay Theater privilege, but uh, you know what's weird is that I used to joke about this, but growing up in Alpina, we had did yeah. it, um, and then spending my summers in Detroit. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So the two places that we used to go were McDonald's and Subways a lot, mm-hmm. and I cannot believe how much different Alpia's Subways are versus you go to somewhere mm-hmm. else, and it's just it like trash. a whole different experience. That's really true. Yeah. So um, yeah, you're right. So my number five thing that I'm surprised most about Alpina is that we don't have a Sonic yet. Yeah, c- I like, say that every on. day. Come on, every day I, just I have want, the location picked. I want a cherry so somebody, made, a yes. vanilla coat. <laughs> and now with Seven Eleven gone, there's even a bigger opportunity. We need a Sonic. Yeah, for a some Sonic gravy coming. and some chicken tenders. So, um, so what I said is, there's a Gideon's building between. Uh, there's a technical center as you're heading out north of town toward me. Um, it's before you get to Anshu. It's, it's, it's still exactly being used. Yeah, mm-hmm. that building needs to be just pushed down, and then you put the Sonic right there. And this I'm going like to tell you why. Location. No, I'm going to tell you why. So you have the hospital. Uh-huh. You have all the Omni. Mm-hmm. That whole north end of town doesn't really have anything like that where yeah. it would draw people to the north end of town. Mm-hmm. What draws the people there is either Omni or the hospital. Both yeah. things that I just don't think that you really – and you pass it because you're going out for the people that usually live at Grand Lake along like everything. Yep, yep. I totally think it would work there, and not only – but it would help that north corridor of town. Well, you know me. I'm ready to start finding investors. Yeah. You so. give me cherry limeades on the rig, we're done. <laughs> so – yeah. Because I know it'll be the best run Sonic in America. <laughs> You're right. You came right back to my point. Yeah. Number five, Bradley. Uh, the embracing of the arts. I, I actually agree. Yeah, that's. I 100% agree. That one of the only reasons that I told the board of directors five years ago that I was ready to, that I didn't want to come back unless I was running the place. I don't know if we've ever talked about that story and we don't have to rehash it now, um, was because even when the numbers are less than I want them to be, the numbers are still impressive for how 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 for the size of this town. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still always humbled by how many people really do care about our work. Mm-hmm. Lucas, I, I I would I would reiterate that mm-hmm. I was shocked. Even my first, especially my first summer here. But every 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 show I'm in, I'm always just shocked at the amount of community support that we get, whether it's financial donation, whether it's sponsorship from uh, local businesses and things like that, whether it's people cooking us food and bringing it to the theater for us, whether it's people hosting us at their homes uh, like Bradley or like the Larkins did today for a a big cookout. Like it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's mind mind blowing. But after you live here for a little while, it's not, (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean, and that's what I always am. Always, I'm always humbled, as I know you are. I'm always not surprised, but I'm always just amazed at how giving our community is. 100%. And them, I mean, Brad and I coming around this last year with Thunder Bay Theater isn't like news to the listeners, isn't news to you guys. Right. But our journey from where we got and how we've 
uh, how your message has resonated with us, I think it's key. And I, I bang that drum very hard because I think that the more people that know it, that message and then the why behind it is what would attract other people to that. It usually takes one show with people who come to Thunder Bay Theater yeah. and then they're in for and then they're in. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll level with you. I don't care. And what I mean by that is the theater is partly of what you do. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love every performance that I was watching you. But it's your mission and it's what you believe in. It's you being only taking $100 a week and being able to say, hey, I'm going to put up with the snow coming in my window on a brutal, <laughs> brutal winter. Yeah. Like, super brutal winter. So, like, those types of He wasn't of as chippy and cheery yeah. during those days, but he's still no, here. I mean, so, but he's still here. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. yeah. So, um, number four to me. The most surprising thing about Alpine is we do not have a better public transit system in our town. Jeez, so yeah. um, we have a very walkable community, and we're, I mean, a lot of it does touch rurally, but man, I really think there's an opportunity somehow along there. Even if it's making more accessible bike paths, yeah. more you know, user friendly bike paths throughout our community, even if it was just that, mm-hmm. so people would be willing to ride their bikes more without. You know, forcing being on a very unlevel sidewalk on State Street and with a lot of pedestrian with walking yep. traffic. So yep, yep, yep. that's my number four. Right <laughs> All right, number four. Uh, I guess still sticking with the arts is the amount of talent of the residents. I just there's the actors, theater scene. And I like that. paint or artists, paintings and all that, and music. Just surprising to me. And it's on this size. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's a great <laughs> point. I like it. Lucas number four. Uh, I'm I'm always I'm surprised at how much stuff actually happens in Alpena for the size of the community for where it's at. I mean, the Brown Trout Festival, Blues Festival, Harvest Festival, uh, all of the festivities on the 4th of July, it's, 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 there's a lot happening here. <laughs> there's a lot happening here. My number three. Um, I'm just going to skip Jeff. Oh, no, it's okay. No, 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 no. no go ahead. Number four. Sorry. <laughs> no, I've talked a lot. I've talked no, a lot. No, I, I want your number lot. four. I've talked a lot. No, I want your number um, four. I am uh, always surprised at, um, how often Alpina makes me recognize its natural resources in a good way, like without forcing it on me. Like I literally, whenever I drive by the lake, I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. that's wild. Whenever I drive up past Long Lake or Grand Lake, I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. Like the falls up here, you know, I used to say the summers, but then this humidity has kept up for two years. So I'm not really feeling the the summers anymore, especially in Bradley's house. Uh, But, um, I just pen- want to go on the record saying it's it's been fine. Yeah, no. it's been fine. It's, it's almost Pennsylvania like. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, you know, but I mean, like, even you know, every time we take our dogs to Duck Park, <laughs> one time, Paige, Duck <laughs> with me. You know, and even and even um, even when the snow's on the ground, you know, I, granted, I don't live out in the township and stuff like that, so I know that it's harder to maintain the roads and everything down there. But like. Even with all the snow that we deal with, I mean, Alpena is still a pretty beautiful place to live when there's, you know, 18 inches on the ground. Um, and the way that we, the way that we, you know, celebrate the holidays around here, um, which I think is, you know, it's just, it's a really, uh, it's a really beautiful place to live. My number three is going to be one of the few negative things I always, that I say about our town. 
So yes, Alpina is historically behind in the times. You and I are on the same page. Yeah. Well, no, you're not. I mean, I'm oh, not there oh, yet. Oh, oh. So just hear me out. So <laughs> Alpina normally is just behind, period. Yep. However, for some reason, our lack of public participation and things seems to be right on cue with the rest of the world right now. So I don't understand why we, I mean, with everything else, we could be three to five years behind. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why the, the, the apathy we have toward government toward society at all, why we can't be behind in that for once. But uh, for some reason we are right on par with everyone else. And I don't know if that's just the way of the world is right now, but it disappoints me nonetheless. And I appreciate that. It frustrates me. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm part of the problem. So I'm um, cognizant and self-aware enough to, to raise my hand and say, you know, I probably could do a lot more than that I do, but I just don't. Mm-hmm. And I have my own reasons for that, of course. And I, know, I think they're probably really good, but at the end of the day, I still, it's an excuse. So, and I'm sure. willing to admit that. So, Well, thank you for that. Uh, number three is, like Lucas, how much there is to do in town. There's all kinds of things going on year-round. <clears throat> Indoors, outdoors. Got 100%. So many lakes and rivers. and Noah. <coughs> Sorry. It's just, it's amazing. It's surprising. Burr, 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 burr. Number three, Lucas. The, the sheer amount of natural beauty up here. I mean, I'm I'm from Michigan. I know that this is a an impossibly beautiful state, but uh, just the sheer volume of natural beauty and natural resources, like Rockport Recreational Park, uh, Besser Bell, uh, Duck Park, even anywhere on the river, uh, Thunder Bay River. I mean, it's just there's there's no shortage of time to be there's no shortage of things to do outside and there's not enough time to do all of that stuff. It's just, it's incredible. So kind of what you were going with Steve, but um, I am surprised that we still have to fight so hard. Yeah. To have some of these conversations. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not surprised that it's hard to, you know, create or, or uh, inspire change. That's, I don't think that's going to go any away anywhere. And I don't even know, you know, I'm not even sure that with everything that we're doing that we're trying to inspire change. Because you and I have had that conversation a lot. I don't like to approach problems or conflicts with the perspective that I'm right. I just like to approach any of our problems with, I want to know your perspective. And I would love for you to hear mine, but I don't need to be right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, one of the things, and I think this is an appropriate time to drop this in the podcast. Um, it's been tradition at Thunder Bay Theater for a really long time um, to have the actors come out for a receiving line at the end so that uh, mm-hmm. the patrons that wish to do so um, can give them a congratulations, a handshake, a hug, whatever they want. Uh, this year we had to um, end that process and change it up a little bit where the actors can elect to come out into the lobby to see any patrons that want to stay um, because so many of my actors of color over the past three years have been dealing with um, racism from our patrons from folks who 
come and watch them do their work for two hours and then are uncomfortable to shake their hands or, um, you know, touch uh, their hair without permission. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Comment on, on, on their appearance or comment on their existence. Um, <laughs> from a place of whether it be, you know, ignorance or, you know, or worse, um, you know, I'm surprised that we're still combating those things. And I think it's a good thing that, that, you know, we are combating them. Mm. Um, but I'm surprised by that. Maybe you're not necessarily surprised about the combating, but how much you resistance you still yeah, get it into it. Um, I just being honest. I mean, we haven't really had yeah. these conversations. I'm numb to it. Yeah, I've just grown up with it so much that I just have accepted it, and I've just you can kind of. I think I've just taken the attitude of like, well, I can just be mad about it at times and get frustrated, and I do. I had the moments. I mean, just the other day, I was walking across the road, and someone said something to me, whether they're driving <laughs> out the window, and you know, I just it makes me sad. Not only for that person, because that's the first thing I have is like that person's just really missing the boat, you know. But I think it just I do. I've reached this point where I can sit there and think of the bad in our community, or I can focus on the good and just try to make as much of a change and an impact as I possibly can. Well, like I try to do everything in my power now to show them that they're wrong for lack of better terms. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, you know, that's one of the things that I think in educating our community, I think that uh, maybe not everyone is, is associating our organization with yet. Mm-hmm. is that um, we are not just people who enjoy theater and not just people who enjoy being entertained and not just people who want to educate kids. But, you know, we're a group of, of young people who want to make Alpena a safe place for everyone. And, you know, there's a lot of people in this community who agree with that. And I think that's also why it's so surprising that we're still that we're still fighting that <laughs> resistance is because there's so many people in this town who believe in love and believe in respect and believe in, you know, inclusivity. And it is such a safe community. It is. Yeah, it's there. I can leave my keys in my car, you know, for the most part. But there's a completely different sense of safety between leaving your keys in the car and going to Latitudes on a Friday night and not getting accosted because of your skin color. Yeah. And that's or your sex, yeah. or, 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 yeah. or, or which has happened. Yeah, it's happened. Or your, so it's you know, not just race. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Oh yeah, I mean Allison all the time has it. It's just yeah. disgusting. Right? Yeah. She worked at Brown Trout. Now, admittedly. You can have the conversation of what she was wearing, and no, she's allowed to wear what you. But wearing. exactly, and that's what I mean, and that's where you're allowed. No, to play. yeah, no. yeah. So I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't get it, and she should be able to do that. I'm just, but in school, girls aren't allowed to wear spaghetti straps, but boys are allowed to wear their pants around their butt. Yeah, I know. Also, I'm with you. Girls are still getting costed for wearing proper, proper quotation. Sorry, I didn't mean to react so viscerally. No, yeah. I mean just. I mean, yeah. it's the conversation, like I said. Right. That yeah. You can, you know, I mean, I just I know the argument. Yep, yep, yep. I'm not saying that. That's I just, it's just frustrating. So, so my number two, my next two are much lighter <laughs> yeah, though. So there we go. <laughs> my number two, the most, one of the most frustrating things, the second most frustrating thing in my life is that there's not a good sports bar in this flipping town. <laughs> I do not understand how as much as this town loves its sports, especially its hockey, how we do not have a decent wing place. We do not have a, t- a place where you can go and get whatever game you want. I don't. I don't have to have a Buffalo Wild Wings. You have to understand that. It doesn't have to be a Buffalo Wild Wings. Well, that's not Wild even Wings. a great Buffalo sports Wild Wings. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. I mean, I take one. I mean, like, like I mean, like, hey, if anybody's it? listening who is in charge of getting buffalo wild wings here, we're ready we'll for you. Well, I'll take you. I'll be the one mad. to say keep yeah. it out. No, no Lucas. That no, that sucks. Get out of here. It takes right. five hours to get six wings. No, so, I'm not doing that. That's because it'll be the best run. Best buffalo. I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going. All right, that was my number two, Brad. All right, my number two is. How much it grows on you and makes you want to stay. Ooh. That one might actually uh, resonate with a couple of the people at this table. So. Well, it does with me. Yeah. I used to want to just get out of Alpena and not sure. come back. But no. Now look at you. I bought a house, so I got to stay for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. Just when I thought I was out. <laughs> they so. pulled me back in, yes. All right. Thanks, Pono. Fuck. Surprising number two, Lucas, as he swallows the bug. Oh, God. How many bugs are there? <laughs> oh, number two is uh, I was surprised to learn many years ago that there was a year round professional theater operating <laughs> in Alpena. I saw the audition notice and I said, nice. Where the hell is Alpena? And then I looked on and a you map. You lived in Michigan. Uh, yeah, and I looked on a map and I said, Oh, oh okay. All right, let's give it a shot. <laughs> Jeffrey, I am surprised at how many people are comfortable coming up to someone in the middle of a store and saying, I recognize your voice <laughs> from all the way across all the store. The time. And fair, it's very, very humbling. And it's very, very sweet. Thanks, Paige. You must listen to the pod. Well, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, some people are recognized <laughs> by their face or what they wear. And now that I don't have the backwards hat on anymore, now it's the voice. Maybe it's the Alpina video. Maybe it's the Alpina video. The fourth place Alpina video. That's it. More water. Most popular. Popular people's choice. Just take a video of water. Anyways, so (laughs) my number one most surprising thing about Alpina. Yes. You don't have a girlfriend yet. I think we can all agree on that. No, mine's about a dog. Shots fired. Shots have been (laughs) fired. We got to hit the deck. So, yeah. Ladies, are you listening? Have you heard Bradley yet? I don't think they have. So, anyways, he's yeah. amazing. That's my number. I mean, that's your number one. That's my number one surprising thing about this. I cannot. I, I just, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna. Problems. I'm not gonna get going on it. I'm not. Of but all I the will things say. that we try to that we try to figure out together, because Steve and I are problem solvers. Yeah. It confounds us to the ends of the earth. It's me. It's the problem. Oh no! But what are we gonna do now when you feel that way? It's going to take a while because my issues run deep. So. <laughs> all right. All right. Be, but the, the, the emotional intelligence to be that honest and that open should be something that turns a lot of girls' heads when they hear that. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of people who will deflect those mm-hmm. feelings and not take accountability for themselves mm-hmm. and their actions. And Bradley, if I wasn't happily married, I'd take you on a date. There we go. <laughs> Number one, Bradley. What'd you say? <laughs> the guy dates are always fun. Bro That's dates. what I'm saying. Yeah, LOL. My number one is the drastic weather changes. Oh, man. One day it <sighs> could yeah, be snowing get and get 15 feet of snow, and it's 70 degrees the next day. You just never know what the weather's going to do up here. It's always cold. Number one, Lucas. The most surprising thing about Alpina for me is with all of the faults of this town that I have observed and recognize and continue to uh, observe and recognize is how quickly I fell in love with this community and how fast I, I made a personal commitment to 
be here and be a catalyst for change in whatever way I can. Awesome. Number one, Jeffrey. Number uh, one. I am always surprised at how Alpina has a knack for giving me what I need when I need it. Um, whether it has been, uh, you know, Lucas walking into my life or, you know, Stephen Bradley walking into my life, or like we talked about earlier when I'm just having a really awful day and feeling like nobody in this town cares about the educational opportunities. And then I literally have a young person come running across the frozen section to just give me a hug and tell me how much they love playing those theater games. Um, man, it's just like every time you need it, it pops up. Um, and that is, uh, that's pretty humbling. So that's what's so surprising to me is that every time I need it, 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 uh, it rears its ugly head and gives me what I need. Yeah. It's good stuff. It we're going to come back and wrap it up before I get eaten alive. All right. I think that's, we're past that point. Yeah. All right. <laughs>